Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high-control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? <laughs> well, maybe in my head. The thing is, though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine, And I'm Stephen. And uh, this week on the podcast we welcome Mark Jones. Uh, now Mark has carved out an activism niche on the social question and answer site Cora. Um, so we thought it'd be really interesting to get him on the show and learn a little bit about him and what he does. Uh, so, Mark, welcome to What Should I Think About? Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, so I want to get into your story, but I suppose, as we've mentioned, Cora there, um, we'll, we'll come back to it in more detail. But for those who don't know about it, what is Cora? What should they know about it? And right. uh, yeah, so tell us a bit about that side. Well, I, I actually discovered Cora by, by accident, actually. I was still a Jehovah's Witness when I discovered it. Um, right. It's a question and answer website. Um, yeah. It's The best way to describe it is it's kind of like Yahoo Answers, but better. Right. So people can ask questions about whatever they want, and people answer the questions. But, of course, anyone can write in whatever answer, but the quality of your answers gets more people to upvote it or subscribe to you if they like your writing. Uh, okay. Um, so yeah, that's what Cora is. And what's, what seems to have happened is a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, especially since the pandemic, have jumped on Cora, foolishly thinking it would be a wonderful idea to, to answer questions. Because if people ask a question about, for example, oh, right. why, why don't Jehovah's Witnesses do birthdays? And so a Jehovah's Witness will copy and paste from the Watchtower. Right. And so, of course, people like myself will come along and explain the Watchtower will say it's this. Um, however, this is where the history of it came from and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I'm very meticulous in my citations, um, and particularly from their own literature. Yep. Um, and that seems to be welcome there. So people upvote it because it's accurate. Because if I were to just say, this is the answer, but, but without any citation or proof, then understandably nobody would want to follow it because it's just my word against theirs so Cora can have, have self-proclaimed experts or actual experts or just any old guy off the internet can answer the questions right. but the quality of the answers get more upvotes by viewers basically got yeah oh, that's really interesting it's, it's interesting because I've I've obviously when you ask a question on Google I do that quite a lot but all sorts of things and yeah Cora is is normally at the top yeah. or near the top of the yeah. uh, the Google search isn't it yeah yeah, so that's um, that's really interesting. Um, cool. All right. Well, we'll come back to that in a bit because obviously you've you've had some really interesting interactions on there. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to hear some of your um, your interactions on that. But um, tell us a bit about yourself, if if that's okay. Yeah. Um, I understand you're a born in, or you were a born in yes, Jehovah's Witness. Is that right? I was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was born in 1984. My parents were Jehovah's Witnesses. My parents weren't born in. Now, my my story is somewhat unique in that. My father was a very strong Protestant when he was growing up. In fact, all of his family were very strong Protestants, and they hated Catholics, my, family, my father's family. Mm. Um, and my father became into the Jehovah's Witness religion because he had a very bad accident in the 60s, and he died. 
And so what that, that situation happens where you, you start to look for answers about life and things. And uh, one day, his, the story he told us was he was praying one day and the next day Jehovah's Witnesses go, of course, you know, the witnesses latch onto this. Yeah. You know? And then um, he started studying with the Jehovah's Witnesses who seemed to know what the Bible taught and gave him all this literature. And then he became a Jehovah's Witness. He brought his brothers in, his two brothers, and his father in. So my dad's side of the family, almost all of his family became Jehovah's Witnesses. My mother's side of the family, um, my mother grew up in foster homes, as did her siblings, because her parents didn't look after them very well at all. And so when she was 15, um, obviously no one really cared for her. She's foster home to foster home. Jehovah's Witnesses called, and this religion became her family. And from a psychological standpoint, I can understand, you know, it's uh, Mm. cheap, you know, instant friends, instant family, instant so-called love, a community, a set of purpose. She immersed herself in that, and, and she's very, very strong in the religion. So of course, uh, they, ended, they ended up meeting each other in the same congregation, Kirby congregation in Liverpool, and, and had five children. I'm one of five. Um, and so we were raised in the religion. Now, my mother's sister then became a Jehovah's Witness and one of her brothers. So uh, any non-Jehovah's Witness relatives, my family just didn't have anything to do with them. So I did. So I, to this day, they've got family members I've never met. I don't know who they are. Um because my family, and I must stress, this isn't this isn't unique to all Jehovah's Witnesses. My family was so strict into it that they had nothing to do with relatives who aren't Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm. Um, and so uh, we were raised with this basically one view of the world. Um, and uh, we did, I didn't have any non-Jehovah's Witness friends apart from school, but of course I couldn't see them after school. Mm. Uh, we weren't allowed to do religious education in school. We weren't allowed to go to the school assembly because they would have hymns there. Um, so my view of the world since I think I think I remember age three or four, I would talk to Jehovah in my head, and it, it literally felt like Jehovah was real, and he he watches me every day, and he really really cares for me, and my life revolves around you know the Jehovah's Witness mindset, and there was not no doubt in my mind growing up that 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 religion was true, and I had I didn't have a single doubt until I was about twenty four twenty five, which we're getting to later, but yeah, my family were very strong in the religion, um, but we were poor. Uh, and so we had no car, so we would go on the ministry on a Saturday for an hour. Didn't do Sunday unless we didn't go out on a Saturday, but they were, we'd never miss a, be- a meeting. If we missed a meeting, it literally felt like we were committing a sin, and, it, and that, that's something that stuck with me even when I, you know, I got married years later. If I missed a meeting, it felt like I was doing something really bad. Um, so, man, I'm, I'm a psychologist's dream. You know, if, if, I go, <laughs> if I was to walk into a therapy session... But it's, but it's it, you know, growing up, we were relatively happy because we didn't know anything else. Um, and I was assured, in fact, I was told I wouldn't leave high school because Armageddon would come. And then I wouldn't get married because Armageddon would come. And I certainly wouldn't have children because Armageddon would come. I, so on. And I'm 36. So <laughs> I have two children. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you, uh, what changed, I suppose, is a simple question. Right. Um, as I say, I never had a single doubt until I was about 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father passed away when I was 19. Uh, my older brother never took to the religion. He's He believes parts of it, but not all of it, but he never took to it. And, and he's kept at arm's length by the rest of the family. Um, so my father died was 19. And then from this point on, it was kind of like, um, oh, it's okay. The Jehovah's Witnesses are a community. We're one big family. We'll all be looked after. But we never saw that. Nobody really bothered with us. I mean, there was the initial week or two where people would, but then afterwards it was no one really cared. Um, And then things started to happen in my life where I noticed people were starting to interfere 
uh, more so. And I've, they've always interfered, but I noticed it more. Uh, so when I, I got married at 24 uh, to a 19-year-old girl, which isn't strange in the Jehovah's Witness world, and her yeah. father was an elder, in fact, he still is. And everything we did, everything we did, they would know. And because he's an elder, he would tell the elder body, and it became this big thing. So, you know, I, I couldn't even. You know, I remember one time I put a, I put a five pound bet on a, on a football match once, and it, and she told her dad, and then her dad told the elders, and then I've got yeah. shepherd and call. So I was always having shepherd and calls for ridiculous things like going to the pub with someone from work, yeah. or you know, not going, door knocking enough. Mm. And it just became a chore. And I'm, I am thinking because um, I used to study a lot. I mean, I, I used to read. Um, the literature for fun. That's how, how, how studious I was, which came in useful later in Cora. Mm. Um, I used to read the literature. I, I know you read the Bible. I used to think it's supposed to be a joy. And you'd see Christians or like born agains or whatever, and, and they were so joyous. They loved it. They loved, they knew the scriptures. They lived it. And they would, and you know, I'd, I'd sometimes meet them and they'd say, oh, I don't believe this bit, but he does, but we're still best friends. And I think, well, why can't I, why can't we do that? You know? And then, yeah. and then, that was that niggling feeling. And then there was things like, um, they would change the teachings. Like I remember, um, you know, like uh, the genera- overlapping generation. I was still in when that happened. And I remember thinking to myself, it, what if somebody thought this 10 years ago and was disfellowshipped for thinking that? Yeah. But then the governor body are allowed to, to do this and so we have to go with it. Mm-hmm. And then there's, I know people who are still Jehovah's Witnesses who at the time don't believe it, but they said, but we'll just go with it anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which 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 irked me because we called the religion the truth. We called it the truth. It wasn't the hypothesis. It was we, we believed it. So it was it was partly it wasn't joyous. It was monotonous. It was a chore. Even the preaching, I would love to be able to preach from my heart. Just going to you know, I think you see street preachers. They they do it because they really enjoy doing it. Saturday and Sunday, knowing you have to knock on doors because if you don't, you get marked. So it takes the joy away. And I thought, would Jehovah want that from me? Would he want me to go preaching because I have to? I don't really want to knock on doors today, Jehovah. I'm going to do it because I have to, because the the elders are coming. The joy wasn't there. Um, And all these things kind of compounded. And then I I knew there was a a governor body member who written a book. I knew the name Ray Franz. But I hated him. I didn't know anything about him, but I hated him because I was on Wikipedia. (laughs) And I saw his, his... photograph and I thought yeah it looks like an apostate <laughs> so, yeah. and I read this thing about the book and it's like no it's going more to it than that I bet he, he wanted to make a name for himself and all this mm. and, you know he knows what he's doing and uh, I had this stupid idea that about, about apostates where they know it's true but they deliberately go against it and stuff mm-hmm. and then I started to think well if it's true I can refute it because you can you know if, if something is, is a lie why would you be afraid of it I, I could debate Catholics and Protestants and, mm. and atheists. I used to do that all the time because because I, I have the truth. I could you know nothing can faze me. So I read, I downloaded a PDF of Crisis of Conscience because at the wow. time it was very expensive, yeah. and I read it. I think I read it in like two days because it was yeah. a fantastic read. Mm. And I come out of it. I'm halfway through it. I kind of knew this religion isn't true, and it kind of felt it felt like someone had died. I remember that feeling. Um, it wasn't something that I thought, yeah, I'm going to leave this religion and take them. I, I don't have that. I read it and I felt like someone had died. My belief system mm-hmm. had been dismantled, but not um, maliciously. It was literally pointing out where these teachings came from, how things are run in Bethel. And some of the things I'd heard in Watchtowers or the rumors I'd heard were brought up, but the full story was told. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the, the blood issue and where it came from. And at one time they wanted to drop the blood issue, but it was a 50-50 vote. It wasn't a majority. And so they kept it. And you think things, people have died for this teaching. 
and the constant flip-flopping of doctrine, you're thinking, this can't be true. Yeah. Um, and I got to the point where I didn't believe it, but I went along with the meeting attendance because you have to, because I was married, I mean, about mm. all my family are always witnesses. Yeah. And then you start to think to yourself, and I'll admit this, you start to think, although it's not true, it's the closest thing there is to the truth. And yeah. I laugh saying that because it, it isn't. <laughs> it's a, oh, isn't it a nice place to be? You know, we have this community. And I think, but no, it isn't because if I left, I, they'd all leave me. And there was one, I remember this one man who was the same age as me and um, he faded. Uh, he's gay, actually. He, he faded because he's gay. Mm. And he lived, um, you know, his, his lifestyle, he perfectly happy. And nobody shunned him because he wasn't disfellowshipped. And then he got invited to a memorial years later and he came back to the memorial. And of course, you got all this attention and people love him. Oh, yeah, mm. wonderful. Why did you come back? So he came back. And two weeks later, was in the judicial committee for the things he did while he was not attending. I then got disfellowshipped. Wow. And so now his family do shun him. Whereas before they weren't because there was no command to. And that, again, was something I thought, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know? And to this day, I always think to myself, I would rather see a religion and look at it myself and say, that's attractive. I want that. Mm-hmm. I want, you know, you don't have to preach to me. I can see that's really wonderful what you have there. I want to have that. And I didn't have that with the Jehovah's Witnesses. I already knew it wasn't true. And I thought, you know, how am I going to plan this? I was going to plan the fade. But then uh, circumstances would evolve where I didn't have to. Maybe it was God. Who knows? <laughs> where, where, Because I was still, I was still like a Christian at the time. I still believed the Bible at the time. Um, and yeah. um, my wife, actually, at the time, well, my then wife, was, was, she had uh, mental health issues. And uh, she was in a hospital. And I was looking after my my your oldest daughter, who was one at the time. And I was going to work and look after her daughter and then going to hospital to visit. And my sister-in-law would come to help look after my daughter. And one day I came home and she was acting very strange and she just couldn't wait to get out of the apartment. She had to go. I thought that was a bit odd. And it turned out she'd been on my computer and seen some forum things I'd written, not on Cora, right. it was a different, it was an extra Jehovah's Witness website. Mm-hmm. And she'd seen things I'd written and screenshotted it and told the elders and my, my my on this forum, my nickname was was the, Pet, the Pale Emperor, which is then a Mauler Manson album, um, which I shouldn't have known. Um, <laughs> and an elder rang me a few days later and said, um, "Does the name Pale Emperor mean anything to you?" And I thought, "Oh, I won't swear. I don't know what the policy is." I thought, "Oh," and at first I faked, I faked uh, ignorance and I said, "Well, the Pale Emperor was was a, a Roman <laughs> emperor." <laughs> Yeah, which is true, which is true. Mm. And he said, we've seen the things you've written online uh, and we discussed it. I would like to meet with you. And I thought, oh. I thought, well, I'll just dissociate. So I've written the letter, dissociate it. And of course, the elders all want to bring me. Oh, no, 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 don't know, don't know. Mm. And then my wife left and went to live with her parents because her parents said, I'm a bad influence. And she took our daughter with her. So, of course, I thought, well, life's over, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then my my mother, who was like a hardcore Jehovah's Witness, said, oh, just speak to the elders, speak to the elders, whatever it is. You know they could fix it if you ha- if you have the truth the elders will listen, which of course we <laughs> guess what will happen next. Um, now they kept harassing me to visit visit visit. So then the other thought right I'll just go I'll visit. And one elder I thought that was okay said to me come speak to me in a pub me and you you know as a mates. So I did uh, I met with him in a pub, um, and he said oh yeah all the things you found is really interesting come and meet come come and look in the mall on Sunday after the meeting and we'll go through the books together. So I foolishly thought I was getting through. So it turned up on a Sunday, and there was three of them there. It was a judicial committee. 
So mm. it wasn't he didn't even tell me it was discriminatory. But this but this point out, I had no fear of the Jehovah's Witnesses because I, at the time I was I was Christian. I believed in God and all that. No particular denomination. And uh, I basically told them everything I knew about the religion, how I don't believe it's true, and how uh, you know I basically dismantled half of the argument. Mm. But they didn't want to know, and that was something that struck me that they didn't get the Bibles out. None of them, had to, none of them bothered referring to the Bible, uh, was I brought mine, um, and they just kept asking questions like, "But who told you this information? Not whether it's true or not. Mm. Who told you the information?" And I said, "Well, the Watchtower magazines." And I, could, and I could quote them watch time like, no 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 that's all that's all like that's all like so i would say well, well who told who told you know the governing body at that time that information and they had no answer for it. but in the end they disfellowshipped me uh, from apostasy um and then after the disfellowship i just felt so free i remember as like a weight had been lifted it was great the only downside was obviously my family began to show me which they still do um and the rumors started persisting in the jw world which Gossip mill in the JWs, as you know, is, is quite remarkable. Mm-hmm. And there's the different versions I've heard for why I'm disfellowshipped. I've heard that was a one, one's adultery, one was that I'm a womanizer. Well, that that came later. Um, one is that um, I was bisexual. Uh, one was that you know I was into drugs or something. Um, but the the, you know, the reason is just boring old apostasy, really. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's how I, how I finished. And then I had no intention of uh, becoming a, an activist or anything. Um, I just wanted to read my Bible. Uh, you know, didn't want to join a particular religion. I was very careful of doing that. Mm. Um, didn't want to jump into another belief system. So I read the Bible all the way through twice within the space of a year. And I underlined things I didn't understand in one color with a highlighter and things I liked, I understand I another. Uh, and the stuff I didn't understand, I would ask uh, theologians. I'd, I'd visit churches. I even went to a synagogue at one time um, um, to find the, you know, the true religion or true belief system. And I researched you know, the different Bible encyclopedias, and eventually, to cut the long story short, um, I read The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins um, just to see what, what evolution is to say, because I didn't believe in evolution at the time. And after I finished that, I was an atheist. <laughs> um, just, um, But I've got, not, I've got no issue with people who have a belief system as long as it works for them. It's just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have any, I don't believe in spirits or gods or demons or oh. anything. And my life's been a lot simpler since that. I, I don't have any fear of... <laughs> You know, yeah. attribution, spirits, angels, and yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> wow, that's quite quite a, um, a, a a change, I guess. Over the so you were about twenty five when that happened, did you say? No, well, sorry, that, that all started twenty four, but this actually happened when I was thirty one. So we left the witnesses okay. when I was thirty one. But the last last oh, year, I didn't believe it. It, okay, it always so, takes um, time, as far as yeah, everyone yeah. we spoke to wasn't all of a sudden just like got up mid meeting and been like, and that was it. I just left, yeah. you know, it, it and I always think as well, process. especially on core as well. I've noticed people that people wake up themselves. Nothing I say or do can make somebody an apostate. I can't drag somebody out because mm-hmm. it's in your head, isn't it? I can't make you do anything. You can present people with information and they go with it, but mm-hmm. yeah, it takes time. It's just, it can take years. It can take, you know, days, weeks, years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I'm I'm interested in is um, identity and um, uh, you know a sense of self. Uh, we'll talk yeah. about your studies in psychology as well, um, but so I guess it's maybe something you're interested in. But yeah. you know, you're so you're so wrapped up, aren't you? Your identity is so wrapped up in being a Jehovah's Witness. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's everything. It's it's what you think about politics, religion, um, morals, but it's also who you are you know so mm. how did you find that process so obviously intellectually you started to notice things were wrong yeah um how did you manage that 
identity and and sort of discovering yourself at first it was it was, it was terrifying i remember mm. because i didn't know who i was and it's it's, it's interesting to say like your identity identity's wrapped up in it i remember we would say um i am a jehovah's witness it, as if it's oh, yeah. some as it's a personality and we had this group thing i am a jehovah's witness and that, that was what we were before we were anything else and, and it, it it caused everything so you know my, my, what do i think about abortion we think this not, right. oh, i we what do you think about sexual marriage we think this and the watch watchtower magazines and, and the talks do it all the time and i notice it it's like we don't talk to apostates who's we you, you, mm. you tell people what to think so that getting out of that mindset was was something i remember being in a shop um, and the, the film suicide squad was out and I've never seen it, but the character in Harley Quinn, there's a T-shirt with air on it. And I thought, I like that T-shirt, but I can't buy it because of a Jehovah's. Oh, no, I'm not a Jehovah's Witness. I can buy it. <laughs> I just have to remind myself I can do these things. Mm. But I can't watch that film. Oh, I can, yeah. I'll watch that film. Then I remember what, so I, I absorbed myself to find out who I was. Um, I tried everything I wanted to try and done things that I, I was told I shouldn't do. Nothing, nothing terrible. So I watched The Exorcist, for example, and I didn't find it scary at all. And so I watched it again to see if I missed something. And it wasn't scary at all. And, and I'd heard like, oh, witnesses has watched this and like, you know, yeah. things had fell from the from the wall, they were watching it. And, and I watched it in the dark, you know what I mean, to, to try and get scared at it. And because I'm an atheist anymore, I don't believe in demons, so nothing right. happened. And yeah. so, you know, I try, I've never I've never done, done drugs apart from, I, I tried marijuana. I don't, I don't think much of it, so I don't do it. But I've got my own reason for not doing it. Um, I tried cigarette, don't like cigarettes, I don't smoke. But they're my reasons. I don't. I don't judge someone who doesn't. Who cares? Yeah. And I've, yeah. So um, I didn't know who I was. So I had to try. I joined life drawing classes. I done. You know, just to, we wrote a self discovery, and it was it was basically um, how it came to, uni- to university studies was. I've always been very studious and very interested in why people think and what they think and why do people believe this. And, hmm. um, and I thought, but I can't go to university because you know I'm thirty one and I don't have time because I work. And so I, I decided to try the Open University um, uh, part-time, which I've been doing now. Um, so I got my uh, bachelor's degree in psychology there. Um, and one thing that that taught me was to was was a, was a healthy skepticism to question everything. Mm. So my university lecturer or books would say something, but I was welcome to challenge that and question it. In fact, my, my, last, um, my last essay I read a few months ago, the, the teacher gave me a certain grade and he said, if you think it's unfair, challenge me on it. And another time I had to, I had to write a paper uh, arguing against something that I actually believed. Mm-hmm. And in the process of arguing against it and researching it, I, I, my ideas switched back and forth, back and forth. In the end, my conclusion was the same as when it began, but now I had reasons for believing it. And when you, when you go through that and you look at Watchtower literature, you, it's, it's, it's mind-numbing because it says like, this is this, and, but it's, you just you saying it. There's no scientists say blah blah blah. Which yeah. scientist? Which what was the context? What was their field? <laughs> what was it published? You mm-hmm. know. So I ended up discovering uh, studying psychology, um, and from that came my ability to cite sources. And um, basically, um, I can't I can't write something online now without citing a source. It's like it's like a bodily function, and it bugs me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, if someone does it and doesn't cite something. Um, or unless it's sort of personal experience, then I can't cite it. But that, that led me to Cora. And as I say, um, I joined Cora when I was still a Jehovah's Witness with the intention of answering questions about the Beatles. Um, <laughs> and and someone asked a question about Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, right. Like, do Jehovah's Witnesses think that only they will survive Armageddon? 
And like a good Jehovah's Witness, I said, no, 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 no. Some people say that, but there are opposers. We think God will beat their hearts and like some will survive. And, the, and there was a, a, a Corin, we call them Corins, uh, who's never been a Jehovah's Witness, but he's like, a, he's obsessed with Jehovah's Witness theology like people okay. are obsessed with Star Wars, right? His name mm-hmm. is Helga Kora Felskenger. He's from Norway. And we're actually friends now on Facebook. And uh, he's like, he's, he's like the world um, authority on Lord of the Rings. And he translated the Bible into Norwegian. That, that's, that's his credentials on, on theology. He was on the mm-hmm. translation committee. And he's obsessed with, with JW theology. And he said, and he's been reading the literature since the 60s. I don't know why he's been doing that, but he has. And he replied saying, I think you're mistaken. The Watchtower, such and such, page, page number, paragraph. And it said, only Jehovah's Witnesses and those in good standing. So to, have to be in good standing, not just Jehovah's Witnesses. Have any hope of surviving Armageddon? And I remember being angry at him because it's there, black and white. I can't argue it. But what do I do? And, and my answer to that was, Oh well, you have to take it with a pinch of salt. <laughs> what the, and I thought, and then he replied saying, "Is that official doctrine, or, or um, are you allowed? Are Jehovah's Witnesses allowed to do?" And I thought, "Oh," and, and so I went away. And I thought, "What else? Don't I know? I'm going to research this. I'm going to get back at him. I'm going to answer this question." And so I decided to research. And the worst thing you can do as a Jehovah's Witness is research the old literature. Um, um, and the and worst thing you can do is Google Jehovah's Witnesses. And I come across the UN letter. Um, that they were uh, NGO members of the United Nations for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I bear in mind I was still Jehovah's Witness at this point, and I, I had printed it off and I kept it in my drawer and work because uh, nev- it was it blew my mind. I, I couldn't believe it, I couldn't, but it was there. And so what else don't I know? And then that's what happened with the research, and, and that led into the weekend crisis of conscience, uh, basically. That's kind of dovetailed in. Mm. Yes. Sorry, I went off on a tangent there. Sorry. No, it's, really, no, it's, really it's interesting because I asked you about identity and um, and you, you talked about your studies um, yes. in answer to that question. And, and I mean, I've, I really resonate with that because, um, you know, I'm, I'm a fellow alumni of the Open University as well, um, having done a psychology degree with, with them. And um, I mean, I, I did that quite a long time after I'd left, actually, but... I still feel that really helped me find my identity, you know, yeah. and sort of find a place for myself and understand myself a little bit better. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's something that we probably share, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, part of the, I mean, part of the studies, um, it would touch upon things that I'd never heard, which ended up becoming an interest of mine anyway. Like they touched mm-hmm. upon uh, existential psychotherapy, which is a deep subject, uh, but mm-hmm. existentialism. I'd never heard of, and then now I, I'm I, I'm interested in existentialism, particularly Jean Paul Sartre's uh, work, and that's become my own thing now. So I identify as an existentialist, but I would never have known that if I had it not been mm. for university. Yeah, um, yeah, and and I intend once I you know go so far on it to write something, but uh, not not so much given to therapy. Well, I might I might try that, but primarily write. Um, that's what I tend to do with it. Interesting. But at the very least, I'm sure you could, as you agree, is a it gives you a um, ability to to spot when someone's being intellectually dishonest, you know. Because mm. um, I don't mind being proven wrong. In fact, I welcome being proven wrong because it means I'm, I'm, I'm learning more. Um, yeah, it's just it's life changing. I think like university has been life changing. The What Should I Think About podcast has been going now since around November 2020 and we've really enjoyed doing it. 
We release at least two shows a week, it's about eight a month of course, with Sunday being an interview and Wednesday being our discussion about a new subject each week. We love you our listeners and we really value the interaction we have with you and we want to keep the podcast going. Currently I pretty much work on the podcast full time, researching topics, booking guests, recording and editing, with Celine working part time doing very much the same things. So in order for us to keep going and continue to improve, we've reached that point in the life of a podcast where we have to make some decisions about how we support it financially. Most podcasts have ads, either that are delivered by the podcast hosts or from third parties that interrupt the show. We really don't want to do that. We want to keep the What Should I Think About podcast ad-free. So we're going to try something different to most podcasts. We'd like to ask you if you think this podcast is worth a pound or a dollar fifty or a euro twenty a month or whatever the equivalent is in your own currency. If you think it's worth that, we'd like to invite you to become a member or a patron for just that. So how we're doing it is we're flattening out our tiers on Patreon to just our single lowest tier. For those patrons, not only will you get the two public podcasts a week, but you'll also get exclusive video each month, bonus content of at least one a month and probably more, and exclusive access to the What Should I Think About Facebook private group, where you can contribute to our Ask Us Anything episodes coming up soon and talk about the show. We've got other plans too that will make your pound or $1.50 even better value we can't say too much about that yet. We really want to make access to this community possible to everyone and we think this minimal amount will do that while providing the show with a small income in order for us to keep going. So the next few weeks we'll be flattening out our tiers on Patreon and providing all benefits through the lowest tier currently known as loss aversion for just a pound or its equivalent in your own currency. So please consider being part of our community. Thank you. The link to our Patreon page can be found in the show notes. Well, that's like um, the thing with like the, the JW organisation is probably like the, the kings of making straw men to then break yes. them down. Whereas yes. like when you go do your degree, you have you're forced to make. Um, I can't remember the time. Is it? Is it Iron Man or Steel Man? You have to make the other argument be yeah. solid, so yeah. that you can actually break it down if you are trying to, and it and it hold weight rather than yeah, just straw manning everything. It's, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, what's your? Um, uh, I, I guess I guess you've you've thought about the whole question of cults, high control groups, and. And so on in relation to psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm still rattling that all around my head at the moment, um, trying to sort of piece it all together and, and think about what I think about all of that. Have you got any insights into that? Um, As regards so to the cultural question. Yeah. So um, I suppose one of the one of the questions that I'm I suppose prodding a lot of people about at the moment is this whole question of identity and and self. Um, and I don't know, you know, if you read a lot of the uh, the kind of cult literature, but it's it's often um, the way it describes the experience of of being recruited into a cult. It kind of paints this picture of 
um, the cult self being superimposed oh, right, onto yeah. the real self, onto yes. your authentic self. Um, and then, you know, the, the task then of, of leaving is to reassert your authentic self and back over that. Um, and I, I guess I worry about that a little bit because of the, um, the problem with people like you and me who are raised as uh, members of, of this group or cult. Um, if we kind of take that model, then it's difficult to identify our actual self. You know what I mean? Um, I and, and the way that um, personality, that um, identity and so on seems to work from, from what we know about psychology is it's a really complex process of genes mixing in with experience. You get some of your identity from your, your parents, if you like what, what they think is right and wrong and some of it from your social world and then others you intellectually think about it. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you've thought about any of that stuff. It just, it just might be me. I think, um, um, I think, well, I'm, I'm I'm very different to the JW version of me in some ways, um, mm. in other ways I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm a kind I'm a kind person. I I have an overactive um, compassion. I'd say I, don't, I can't stand upsetting people, which which for someone who writes online, upsetting people it grates <laughs> at me. And I don't like I don't like arguments. You know, I mean, I want things to, sure. to stick to facts and things. Mm. So that's say the same. What I, what I what has changed with me is. Um, I don't apologize for things in the sense of for what the way I, the way I am. You know what I mean? I don't I don't apologize for liking certain things or disliking certain things or don't apologize for my opinions. Um, um, as regards to um, an identity being superimposed, I I visited Berlin a few years ago. Um, I visited the DDR Museum, East Germany, and I noticed a lot of similarities between being in a totalitarian state to being a Jehovah's mm-hmm. Witness. One thing I noticed straight away was um, in in these totalitarian states, the communist states, for example, uh, the term comrade. We're all comrades. We're all the same. We're together. We're witnesses, brothers and sister. Um, and it was also, for example, you know, in the, in East Germany, you were given a job, and that's your job. Stick to it. And you know, don't don't question the leaders. We know what's but your best interests are hard. And although the place is falling apart around you. Yeah. Just be glad that you're not in the West because in the West, they're all terrible. So it was stereotyping, us versus mm-hmm. them. And that's obviously the JWs. I, I remember being afraid of the outside world. And that's, again, that's another thing, the loaded language. I, I deliberately mm-hmm. change. I don't say the world. I say the out, the real world or the outside world. I don't say the truth because it's the truth. I say the religion. Um, and stopping the loaded language is something that the yeah. people should do to recover. So Absolutely. they got on our heads with the loaded language. They got in with the us versus them, the stereotyping. Uh, I did write some things down to have a look. The self-categorization, for example. I am a Jehovah's Witness. We mm. are Jehovah's Witnesses. I am one of Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm. It was everything. Like, I, I don't know anyone who says, for example, oh, I can't go to the pub with you later, Mark, because I'm a Catholic. So, well, no, I know. But the Catholics, yeah. the Catholics not drink? Yeah, they do. It's just you're not a Catholic. And you go, well, what a weird religion that is. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or you can't marry that person because she's not a Jehovah's Witness. It covers everything. It's just made me think as well. It's something that I've noticed actually. It's um, on social media with, um, you know, everyone has like their bios and stuff on most yeah. platforms. They always have JW in their bio and they always link to JW.org. Yeah. Instagram All as well. Noticed. Yeah, Instagram. Yeah. So you, like on my Instagram, I link to like, you know, our, webs- our website or like, you know, our podcasts and stuff. Um, people I know that are JWs, it's always 
yeah, just JW, mm. JW.org is the link, yeah. the link and that's, that's I it. And um, I said, I don't know, it's, it's suppose, if it's different now when I was growing up, I remember there was, when we were growing up, the watchtowers seemed very deep subjects. Um, I didn't, re- I mean, growing up, I didn't really understand the religion until I got to, you know, maybe early teens, but, but I just knew it's the truth because my family were in it. And of course, yeah. But nowadays, you see the literature, and I was thinking, if I didn't know anything about it, you would, it's just pretty pictures of a little leaflet. You wouldn't really think, it's just some local church. What's this about? Mm. And I mean, most people I know, in fact, everyone I know um, who do about Jehovah's Witnesses, they, they just they don't know anything about them. They don't know they have the Bible. Don't know. Mm. Who do they worship? Don't know. Mm. Is Jehovah the leader? Is he some guy in America? We don't know. They don't know anything about them. And this is pretty poor for religion that boasts so many billion hours preaching, mm. which is something I bring out online. <laughs> It's true. It is absolutely. Yeah. It, well, it we've is. said multiple times in the podcast, haven't we, that people just think Jehovah's Witnesses are like strange people in like those yeah. particular suits sort of shuffling about, you know, down your cul-de-sac, um, yeah. looking incredibly slowly, trying to make their time up, I guess. Oh, yeah. Of, you know. I only a pasty called it. Yeah. I am. Um, I, um, but I, the fact that most people don't know anything about them, I use to my advantage on, on Cora because... Mm-hmm. I think the only thing different that I do that, that other people aren't doing, I mean, I don't know if this is the reason, but maybe it's a British thing. I, I inject humour into it as well. It's always factual. It's always factual. It's never exaggerated, but it's it's honest. But the way I present it is blunt. So if someone says, for example, um, I don't know, what did Jehovah's believe? Well, I'll crack my knuckles and I'll give you a big, long-winded explanation about 1914, you know, and I'll show pictures for magazines of like, you know, Armageddon happening, and I'll say, Jehovah killing non Jehovah's Witnesses for the crime of not being Jehovah's Witnesses. And that's literally, you know, what it is. And they'll go, you know, why can't we have blood transfusions? Oh, because the Bible says, and and my my reply would be because because 2,000 years ago, some Bronze Age people written a book about that you should Mm. should pour blood on the ground because their God at the time was into blood sacrifice. Then, you know, 2,000 years later, a man who had no idea about medical interventions decided to say one line, abstain from blood. And from this, Jehovah's Witnesses think you can't inject it into your vein. And you think to yourself, you know, even if even if you believe the Bible is true, the Jews who are experts in the language know for a fact if following the rule would result in your death, you, it's a sin to follow that rule. Mm-hmm. Like, like Jesus said, I don't know if I don't believe him, but Jesus said, if you know, if a lamb falls into a ditch, yeah. you go and you get it. There's no point, and and logically, there's no point kidding yourself to make God happy because you can't worship God if you're dead. And just so many things going on. But on Cora, because people don't know anything about it, I'll answer the question bluntly. Mm. Bit of humour in there. And if I can poke fun of the governor body with a gif at the end, I will. Um, but <laughs> I get a lot of I get a lot of people messaging me saying, um, thank you on Cora or on Reddit and things. Um, and saying, Oh, you know, I read I read your posts and for a few for a few months and then now we're, I'm I'm an extra Jehovah's witness, thank you. And I'm surprised. Um, because I just write because I enjoy it, you know. Um and people write say, you know, you know, my, my sister was studying with the witnesses and she stopped now and, and all this. And and I think so far on Cora alone, um, I confirm 30 people have left the Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, two have become apostates. One of them uh, was a Jehovah's Witness who was one of those angry Jehovah's Witnesses. Who, and almost always women as well. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just they have no authority in the congregation. But she would always basically, whenever I'd, I'd answer, she would get at me answer, always me. Try and tear it apart, and then it was the she'd make things about me. He's, he's clearly bitter. He's clearly got an axe to grind. He's, you know, surely he was disfellowship, grim morality, blah blah blah. blah. And I'd, I'd try, I'd just keep it civil on my side, and she would go off and on and on. 
And then she she said, like, you know, because she's married to a police officer, so her husband wasn't a Jehovah's Witness. And I would say, fairly politely, I'd say, well, what happens if Armageddon comes there and your and your husband? Oh well, Jehovah reads hearts. And I'll say, Well, is that because you've read that in the Watchtower, or is that from a Bible, or is that just something you believe? The Watchtower says it. I'll say, Okay, which Watchtower says that? And so she'll go away and research, and of course it's not there. And so of course she's like, Oh, what else don't I know? Which is the same for me. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't want her husband to die in Armageddon, but this religion says that he will. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. she will, you know, and then she disappeared off Cora for a while. And all of her answers are deleted now in her comments. And then she messaged right. me on Reddit to say she's left the witnesses and she's now an apostate. <laughs> but she right. was like their number one JW. And so, you know, I, I don't intend to destroy people's belief system. I have no intention of upsetting people. It's just I, I can only present what's there. If, if I, I can't write about it unless the Watchtower have written it. That's all I do. I think that's, yeah, it's such a um, an important bit of work that you're doing. And um it feels like it's it's a bit unsung, really. Um, you know, you're you're doing some um, really important um, information giving, if you like. You're you're just providing facts, and you're you're making it easy for people to identify them. And as I said, because Cora is such a, a big um, website, it is one of the first things that comes up on Google yeah. as soon as you ask a question. So it's it's a really important area that yeah, I yeah. think probably been neglected by many mm. an activist but you've obviously um taken full advantage of that like, well i mean there's, there's enough there's enough xjw's on youtube um mm. and lloyd evans has got does very good at weed what he does and there's a few up and coming ones that right. are pretty good but i don't i don't spend as much time on youtube now being uh, having a one-year-old daughter um and i don't have time to sit there making videos i did try doing that at one point but then you think i'm going to cover the same topic lloyd's covered i don't need to mm. i don't have the same resources mm. and information he does um, so yeah, Cora happened by accident, and I enjoy it. Um, at the moment, um, I think there's fourteen thousand one hundred people following what I write. I mean, they they're subscribed to it. Not mm. that I do it for the subscribers, but it's surprising sure. because um, most of them aren't Jehovah's Witnesses and never have been. Mm. Um, so they're people are learning what Jehovah's Witnesses believe from me. Mm. Um, so you know, I, I feel a, a moral duty to keep it yeah. factual. I mean, I like as Absolutely. well what you do of the sort of asking a question uh, as well where saying like when they go well they'll read his heart and know that it's you know in regards to that woman and the police officer uh, saying or like well they'll read his heart and know that it will be fine you're saying well find that for me because then it it gives you a bit of agency and a bit more willingness i guess to question when you go off to find do your own research and you go oh it's not there instead of someone mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when you're being told things, I guess as witnesses, you're so used to being told things. And yeah. It being then, yeah, encouraged to look for something, it sets you off on a journey of your own. I think there's something really beneficial about that in particular as well. And maybe in a way that, yeah, is quite unique to something like Cora because it's a conversation back and forth with individuals rather than, you know, uh, one person to a large group of people where it's not as conversational perhaps. And also knowing um, from experience what we were told about apostates and how they work, supposedly. Um, I'm very careful to, I'll, I'll quote whatever the Watchtower says, and I'll put a Watchtower date, year, page. Um, and I'll also provide a link directly to jw.org library mm-hmm. for the entire article. So they'll say, oh, we'll take things out of context. No, 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 it's the entire article. You read the article in context. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, um, you'll get a JW on there, he'll say, I have that Watchtower from 1956. It doesn't say that, so that's fine. I've got I'll, I'll, I've got a PDF of all of them, so I'll screenshot the PDF and send them. 
<laughs> and then I'll put, yeah. and I'll put, I wonder why so-and-so told you it wasn't there. Here it is, line 24. What else is he not telling you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Then, Just start that cog turning. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and so they hate me on there, the witnesses, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're doing, you're just doing, as I said, very simple. You're just very simply just answering a question, which is what the whole website is for. And you cannot argue um, if you're doing it accurately, can you? So, um, yeah. There's even even a a space on Quora um, where I defend Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm. um, Where someone will say, why do Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, let their children die? Which I think is a bit unfair. Um, Yeah. It's, first of all, you're mentioning children because it's more talks to the heartstrings. I don't want to play that game where it's don't do what the witnesses do and use emotion. Um, so I'll say I will defend the fact that they don't let children die in that sense. That they're following. I'll always point out, Jehovah's Witnesses, most of them are good people doing what they think is good and they want to do what's good. And so they follow these rules which they believe are the right thing to do. And I'll, that's just one example. I think there's, there's about 15, 16 answers where I've defended them. And so I called it up. But what I do is I do a, a cutout and keep Mark Jones defends the Jehovah's Witnesses. And there's a post, there's a Cora space called Mark Jones's cutout and keep post. So when witnesses say, he's got an extra grind, he's always attacking the witnesses. I refer them to the corner where I defend them. Mm. And so, you know, you say, when the apost- when government bodies say the apostates do this and they always do this, well, I refute all of that because they don't fit those boxes. Yeah. You know? I think that's so important, though, isn't it? Um, that it's, it is accurate and it is. It is sober and it's very clear because uh, there are some um, individuals who just, um, you know, feel it's fair game just to kind of um, spread lies and, um, yes, and exaggerations. And I understand why they're doing that, but um, I think that's quite damaging. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's really valuable. Uh, what's your What's your favourite question and answer on on Cora? Then have you got a a kind of one that that you're most proud of or, or is funny or yes my my most upvoted uh, I think it was like 50,000 upvotes and like wow 100 shares or something which surprised even me because I'd written it without thinking it was <laughs> um, it was uh, how can atheists how can atheists be so sure about you know that they're right or something like that so it wasn't JW related sure. and my answer uh, went as follows and I'll, I'll, I'm paraphrasing um, imagine someone comes to you and says they have a pill that can give you eternal life and eternal happiness for the rest of your forever eternity. The only problem is there's thirty thousand different pills, right? Of this brand, there's other brands which also have thirty thousand different pills. There's also been two million pills before this one, which people back then thought were real. Um, and even if you do find the right pill, you have to take it the right way. Maybe you got to drink it with water. Maybe you take it on a full stomach. Maybe you take it, you know, before bed. You have to take it the right way, otherwise the pill won't work even if it's the right pill. So being logical people, we look at people, we look at some of the people who take these pills and this is what we see. And uh, I said, some people took a pill and mutilated their children's genitals. Some people took a pill and disowned their children. Some people took a pill and saw in the heads off people who took another pill. Some people took a pill and prayed and they got into a box with a man and told them all their secrets. Some people took a pill and go and visit a man who wears a dress. And I went off all these different religions, but they were real religions, but I made them sound mm. ridiculous. I said, so my, my punchline was, so we atheists look at these pills and regard them instead as suppositories. <laughs> and that was the punchline. And I got I got quite a lot of upvotes. Some hate, but I don't mind that. But yeah, that's my favourite one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I had a couple of questions, just kind of slightly different topic, but just curious to what you think, um, especially 
um, I guess given that you've got um, children yourself, so I'm sure you've got thoughts on this, but um, how do you feel about uh, sort of, it seems like there's more kids in the witnesses being homeschooled. I don't have the exact figures, but everyone I've, well, a lot of people I know have been homeschooled and a lot of people we speak to have either been homeschooled or they know a lot of people being homeschooled um, because, you know, being taken out of worldly influence. I mean, do you have any thoughts on on the sort of potential rise of homeschool at the moment? Yes. Um, I sit, well, my, one of my sisters homeschools her children, her three children, um, because she doesn't want them to learn about homosexuality. Uh, meet homosexuals or learn about evolution, which I think is setting them up for a fail because at one point they're going to leave home and they are going to meet people who are gay mm-hmm. and they are going to hear about evolution and they're going to have no, um, even if they they believe in creation, they're going to have no um, idea of what the opposing argument is to even refute it if they wanted to. And I think um, in the Jehovah's Witness uh, stat case, it's it's I think it's damaging. I think it's damaging psychologically and I think it's to, to uh, developmentally, education-wise. Because um, um, not as if these people are qualified to teach. Because I can't, I tried to home, you know, during the pandemic, I had to, to homeschool my oldest daughter. I couldn't do it. I was getting frustrated. At it. And I can't, you know, I don't know how they, how they do it. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's a good idea at all. And at the very least, the very least, sending the child to school, they have the social skills aspect. You know, I, 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 I went to a normal school and even though I was a Jehovah's Witness, um, people disagreed with me, and I expect them to disagree with me. And you learn how to have debates and arguments, or you learn how to live and let live. You're not going to have that if you grow up in a, you know, in a, in a, in a what's it called, in a vacuum, mm. you know, when everyone believes the same thing. And everyone just, you're not going to, you're definitely not going to know who you are. Worse, worse than I have, I, I had it when I was a kid. Mm. Yeah, I think I think it's a it's a dangerous idea. Mm-hmm. And then, um, just sort of going off of that as well, I've been thinking about it in relation to the sort of homeschool thing or just how children are raised as witnesses. Um, and I was just, cause obviously in, they, the sort of Caleb and Sophia videos pop up sometimes mm. and I see those and I just, um, they concern me a bit in the sense of like, well, I mean, there's a specific one that I always think of and I think it makes me feel a bit shivery is the like, the one where mum's teaching the daughter about like, um, how Jehovah doesn't basically like gay people, you know, said to yeah. me. That one always um, is unpleasant. I mean, you know, there's other ones as well. That are, the birthday one, yeah. Yeah, the birthday one, or like one about like Jehovah doesn't like magic. It's not like, you know, I'm not saying that's going to like, you know, destroy a child, but, you know, it's, it's you know, I guess the word that we use a lot now, inculcating them from a young age. Um, yeah. I mean, especially the one with like, uh, it seems quite hateful towards yeah a, a gay family that's not done anything to them. But she's like, why yeah. don't you go to school and tell you that girl that her parents are bad? Do you know what I mean? And it's like, um, I, I just wonder what should should we be doing anything as a as a society when they're making you know very hot, top quality content mm. that's not going through any checks or balances. You know, in the way that TV on kids yeah. television goes through any kinds of checks and balances. I mean, what do you do? Is there no is there any checks and balances? Can or does it have to just happen? Well, I think they get away to with the it. parents. Yeah, I mean, obviously the witnesses aren't unique in that one. There's other religions. In the Mormons yeah. do the same thing and born uh-huh. against. It's one of those things where religious freedom they'll they'll, they'll claim that won't they? Religious freedom to teach the kids mm-hmm. that. But 
as I say, I don't know whether there's much we can do, to be honest with you. I mean, mm. unless the child grows up and decides to learn more, and then they do, mm. and then you look back at your life and you think, wow, my parents messed me up. Mm. Um, I, unfortunately, I think as long as they play their religious freedom card, I think it's, it's going to stick. Um, mm. But I do think the children in the witnesses nowadays aren't being raised with the same, uh, what's the word? I don't think they could back up their belief system as strongly as I could when I was a kid, you know, because I am, we, we, obviously I grew up believing Armageddon was coming in the 20th century, you know, because our 1914 generation wouldn't mm. pass away and that's why we mm. knew, you know, I, I had that behind me um, and, you know, the world's getting worse, the world's getting worse. I would argue the world's getting better now in, in many ways. I mean, you look at like communication wise, all the stuff we have here. Um, I don't think the children being raised witnesses have much to base their faith on apart from just good feelings. Um, so, you know, um, and I'm seeing a lot more young people wake up and leave at earlier ages, like 12, 13, they're on Reddit now, mm. asking questions. They have access to the mm. internet now. You know, um, I don't, yeah. I think they'll be, within my lifetime, certainly, I think the numbers are half. I was going to ask you what you think the future is for Jehovah's Witnesses. What's, uh, I mean, obviously none of us know, um, but what's your, from your standpoint, from your viewpoint, what do you think? I think, um, well, we're seeing more and more apostate warning talks, aren't we? So they're afraid. People yeah. are leaving. People are leaving. And I, I think if they remove the shunning rule, I think at least a third would walk out. Um, maybe they, not to say that they don't believe it, but they just don't want the lifestyle, mm. the controlling lifestyle. Um, I think, certainly in my lifetime, I think the religion will just dwindle into an online religion. I'm talking mm. 30, 40 years. Okay. Um, the next 10 years, I can see more new light, I suppose, which would just keep changing the doctrines. I think when the governing body are gone, I think the new, the new idea will be the governing body helpers um, who aren't anointed will be, you know, the governing body's telling them information and it'll just morph into another cult. Um, mm. I think, you know, because I think I think there was a teaching that the governing body will rule from heaven during the Great Tribulation or something like that. And I think mm. that's what'll happen. Governing body mm. up in heaven, telling the helpers what to do. You've got to obey the helpers and it just... Another cult. That's what I think happened. The, the trouble is, though, is um, I mean, I think we, you've talked quite a bit today about the cognitive acrobatics that that we do or that people do to try and get rid of that dissonance. You know, so it's um, you know where when you were sort of started to realise that it, it wasn't true, you you thought, well, maybe it's not all true, but you know, maybe some of it's true and they're the best and it's the best life, you know, and these are, I think these are things that a lot of us go through um, because we're trying to reconcile things that don't actually make sense. Um, And I think the same goes for the generation teaching, you know, the overlapping generation and all that, you know, if you actually look at it now, it's just absolutely bonkers. Um, And I think they know that a lot of them know that really, they know it doesn't make sense, but well, you know, we'll not worry about that bit and we'll not worry about this bit. Wait yeah. on Jehovah. There, you know, the majority of it is fine and it's the best way of life anyway. Um, and I just wonder at what point, I mean, certainly for me, that was my story. You know, the holes started to appear all over the place. And in the end, you've got nothing left, you know. And I, I, you wonder how much um, that's going to happen with more and more people, um, especially with people like you about. <laughs> well... <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm surprised people read the stuff already. As I say, it was just an yeah. off chance thing. And there's people, I, I, hear, I hear people mention me on Reddit. Like, oh, you should read Mark's post. I'm, mm. It's flattering. But at the same time, I think to myself, I'm not, 
I don't think they have any special. I'm just citing the sources. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just writing. I wonder why people do read it, though. I wonder why Jehovah's Witnesses do, because they know they're yeah. not supposed to. Yeah, Does that niggling exactly. thought in the back of your brain, mm. you yeah. know, that yeah, but and, I, and, you know, it helps? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's there's some JWs on there. Well, there's a few JWs. Some of them are like, been on there as long as I have, who, no matter what information they're presented with, they will just dismiss it. And they can block you on call, which they've all blocked me on. Um, but they still mention me every now and then, so they're still reading mm. something. Um, and sometimes they will they will edit their answer, and there'll be an edit block underneath to counter something that I've said. Right. So they have read it, but the yes. point is, they can do that if they want to. My reply is my answer stands outside of my sources, mm. and I can't. It, and it's mm. their sources; it's not mine. You know, it's it's, mm. it's their own magazines. They can't. It's like I'm citing Ray Franz. I'm not. I'm citing the Watchtower magazines. Yeah. Sometimes, and yeah. sometimes they'll go, "Well, but you're citing the Watchtower from the '80s." I think, well, at what point in the history could we draw a line and say it's not true? Well, if it's meant so to be it's, religious yeah. truth, it's meant to be on om, om, omniscient. Yeah. Regardless of it's the it, '80s or now, shouldn't matter, should it? I, I'd understand if they said from the, from the outset, you know. Um, we're searching for truth. Let's yes. not call it the truth. Let's just call it, you know, you know, you're always witnesses. We're searching for truth. And so as we search for truth, and if there was like an open, you know, a, a forum to discuss things, so one person thinks that it's overlapping generation, what do you think? And I'd say, I think it's ridiculous. Just discuss it. All the religions <laughs> yes. have that. You know what I mean? I mean Absolutely. If you're, all looking for, if you're all searching for truth, what, what's the problem? You'll get, you'll get there eventually with... with, with but I think that, that betrays the cultish... Um, Mentality. So I think that's that's one of the things that differentiates groups like Jehovah's Witnesses from other religious groups. Is this very centralised? You know, this is we are going to give you the truth, and you have to accept it. And yeah. tomorrow's truth might be different. Um, doesn't matter. You know, you've got to stick with what is being fed to you. Um, and I think that's yeah, that's one of the. And something I like to point out um, to well, my family don't speak to me, but. When they last spoke to me, which was just before I was announced to this fellowship, um, was the fact that my, my dad died in 2004. Okay. So my dad mm. died believing something different to what Jehovah's Witnesses mm. now teach. Okay. Mm. Didn't believe in overlap generation teaching. I'd be surprised if he ever did buy that if he was alive. And so mm. if I say to my sisters, well, did our dad have the truth? And they'll say, yes. And I say, but he didn't believe what Jehovah's Witnesses are now teaching. If what you have now is the truth, our dad did not have that. No, but he believed God's Jehovah. I said, well, lots of religions believe God. No, they don't. Mm. Well, they do. The Catholics will, will say Jehovah is also mm. God's name. No, well, they'll, they'll pick things that have stayed the same and mm. say, well, he believed those things, but he can be disfellowship for not accepting the overlapping mm. generation teaching. So, so my dad didn't have the truth. And again, mm. myself, I was baptized in um, 2005. I was baptized into a completely different religion to what it is now. Mm. So, uh, so you could argue that I've, I never had the truth when I was baptized. I didn't know it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I was—I um, can't remember. I can't work it out when I was baptized. And math isn't my strong point. Um, but um, yeah, I've been left sort of twenty, twenty-five years now. So, um, uh, and I got baptized when I was sixteen. So, um, yeah, long time ago. So the things have changed a lot. When I when I was leaving, it was. I think becoming obvious that there was a real problem with generation teaching, um, but they hadn't gone down the the road to kind of tackle it yet. But it was obvious, and um, it just it was one of the questions that I had. It wasn't the only thing, but it was one of the questions that I kept asking myself. And um, yeah, just one of the many straws, I think. 
Um, sorry, go on. So I noticed just thought um, one thing that always struck me, do you remember before the 95 change where he said, originally 1935 was the cutoff point for people being anointed. Yes, that's right. And then in 1995 they changed it. I remember before 1995, uh, one man in my congregation who believed he was anointed would all go, oh, he's not anointed. He, just, he says he's anointed, but he's not anointed. Yeah. He's like a cr- crazy person, right? And then... <laughs> And then now it's like, oh, he must have been there. So people, people who were taking the emblems before 1995, who were young, basically were committing apostasy, sort of. And we all thought they were nuts. And yet there's members of the governing body now who would be in that group, wouldn't they? In that who were, age. Who were partaking mm. when they really shouldn't have been, according to the official mm. doctrine. Um, and it's things like that, you know, because I thought, well, you know, it's, it's not something... Um, I, I remember... For me to do something that I thought was against the faith would, would be, oh, man, unthinkable, unthinkable. Mm. It, was, it was my life, you know, I couldn't go. I, I couldn't mm. even have a thought, a bad thought, I remember. It's like a mental illness in a way. I remember someone said Jehovah and then a swear word in school, and oh. I thought, oh, I can't, I can't think that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But to, to take, you know, to, an action of taking the emblems while knowing it's mm. not official doctrine, I don't know how people did it. <laughs> I mean, I, I was a oh, hardcore JW when I was in. So, uh, so what's for you? So we're kind of wrapping up now, Mark. So what's your future? What have you got planned? So you've got your degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're doing all this great work on Cora. What, what's your plans? I intend to take psychology as far as I can take it. As I say, I intend to write. Um, um, if, I, if I was to go into therapy, it would be specialising people who've been in high control groups. In fact, my, yeah. de- my degree is in psychology and counselling. Um, oh, okay. And... So people have been high control groups, but at the same time, and this is probably sounds silly, but I, I don't like the idea of charging people to do a mm. cover from what we had. So it would probably something I would just do for free because I you know, mm. to help somebody. Um, apart from that, I have this mentality where the time we, we spend as Jehovah's Witnesses, um, it was five hours a week, meetings alone. I, I keep the same routine with time, but I devote that to something productive. So um, university studies. So I know... Tuesday, one hour, Thursday, two hours, Sunday, two hours, Saturday, one hour minimum, because it's it's not new to me. I did that as a JW. I devote that to study, whether it be psychology or anything else. In fact, I started French during lockdown, and that's been – I worked it out on paper somewhere. Where was it? It works out at 546 hours per year we spent as JWs studying the literature. If you spend that time studying anything else, man, you're mm. two years, you're an expert. So I did, that's what I do. I, I, I study incessantly. I read incessantly, mm. and I, mm. I intend to take psychology as far as it can go. I don't count myself as an activist. I just, I'm just a guy who answers questions online. And if it helps people, sure. I'm happy. Fantastic. Well, it's been brilliant talking to you, Mark. I've mm. really enjoyed it. It's really lovely to speak um, with you. Really great. You yeah. too. Thank you very much for, for coming on the podcast, and I um, hope we get to talk again at some point. It'd be great yeah. to keep in touch. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. What Should I Think About is an Evil Sheep production. 